podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath Podcast. And let me take down that background there. But we are back, Seth and Paddy, and we wanted to pop on. We took a few days off. Pretty hectic week last week uh, from the amount of podcasts. It's actually been pretty hectic two weeks. So we took a few days off over the weekend, and we're going to be back over the next couple of days with a couple of podcasts. Um, definitely one po- one po- uh, will start with English again. <laughs> I maybe I do need more rest. I need more rest. <laughs> definitely one podcast per day um this week and potentially if anything breaks, obviously we will be back. We will talk about that as well. But we're gonna do a little bit of a series and instead of doing a one podcast review on how the season went, we're gonna actually break it down into three separate areas, looking at the the defensive uh, a defensive review, midfield review, and a strikers review. And also what we have is we have some guests coming on. And we have somebody coming on for the midfield review tomorrow and also somebody coming on for the for the striking review on Thursday. So um, it would be absolutely over the moon if you guys could join us for those as well. But today we have Paddy. And Paddy is going to, as I said, Paddy, there was some news, should I say, today that kind of broke and we want to talk about first. And it looks like it looks like one part of the backroom team, the cog in the backroom team, seems like he's going to be potentially moving on. Um, looks like Mike Beale or Mick Beale, as he's known, is looks like he's going to be making the move to London, uh, back to London, because he did did uh, coach at Charlton for a period of time. But it looks like he's going to be moving back to to London to take over QPR. What's the feelings on that, Paddy? Um, well, I'm a bit disappointed, really. Um, you know, we're we're led to believe that uh, Mick Beale is is the is the engine room behind all the thoughts of of, of all the tactics and, and and work that goes on in the training ground so um you know we go back to last summer when we lost JT then we lost Richard O'Kelly everything was all over the shop so oh. <laughs> so I, I'm glad that this is I'm glad this has been done early if it's going to be done which gives a, a little bit of time to to sort out um where we go from here a um, lot of speculation of who's coming in already, including Javi Alonso, which Stephen Gerrard said in his book that he would love to work with Javi Alonso as Liverpool, as Liverpool manager. So who knows? Um, plus, it's not guaranteed. It's not it's not a done deal just yet. But my heart is telling me it, it, it looks like it will happen. But um, as I said, we have time. It's not the end of the world. And it's not quite as bad as it was last year. Yeah. Um, I suppose really the fact that it, it's John Percy and, and a couple of more people that are reporting this, people who have been right with a lot of things in the past and right with a lot of things Aston Villa-wise in the past. Also, I suppose you got to really look into Stephen Gerrard's comments previously where, I don't know. I think he kind of got a small bit thorny when he was asked about asked a question directly about this towards the end of the season, and he was like, 
saying he wouldn't step stand in anybody's way, whether they be a coach or whether they be a player if they wanted to move. And I kind of felt, I'm going to be honest with you, I, at the time when I watched it, I kind of felt that there was a bit of a, a bit of a, okay, I'm going to come out here defiant in the hope that I can that I can keep him, but potentially if the right offer comes along that Mike B wants to move on and wants to be his own man. Which, look, in fairness, every man should want to be their own man. Everybody should want to be their own man. He should take the opportunity if it comes to him because they, they never come around. You, you'd always be able to filter back in at a... At at, uh, at a coaching level again, but you might never get the opportunity to be to be uh, a full time team manager and to take your shot at it again. You just look at, at guys like Neil Critchley, who is a Blackburn or Blackpool, should I say? You know, he took a shot at it. He'd been, um, he had been Liverpool under twenty threes coach for quite a while, and then he or been with the Liverpool Academy, should I say, for quite a while, and he'd been twenty threes coach, I think, for about two and a half, maybe three years, and. Then he took the job at Blackpool, and you know he he's made a go of it, and he looks like he's a he's going to have a, a career in management at, at the football league level for sure. So you know, for somebody like Michael Beale, he wants to test himself, and he wants to go. Uh, and, and sorry, if he wants to test himself, and he wants to go, should I say? Then um, I think he'll leave with Gerard's blessing for sure. But I think that this writing has been on the wall. If we look back at it, that this potentially is something that the club has known about and has probably been been um drawing up shortlists and and maybe contingency plans for like today won't be the first day that they would have known that they would have need needed to potentially have a backup plan here. Um Poss- possibly, but for us it's a, it's all a bit of a shock at the moment that, that you know we're we're looking at facing into the most important preseason of the, mo- <laughs> the modern times we'll call them of Aspen Villa. Um it's there's an awful lot of money gone behind this. There's an awful lot of money going to go into it over the summer. The fans have paid more money in their season tickets, which killed me to to pay yesterday. So I'm definitely going back next year on my season tickets. But uh, yeah, it's you know they're, they're they're strange times, and and it's all new ground for us as Villa fans to be to be in this kind of position. So to lose what potentially is you know the man who is the engine behind this coaching team. It, it, it is hurting a little bit at the moment for me, and I'm just a little bit apprehensive to where we go from here. Um, I'm not apprehensive at all. Um, I'm not apprehensive in the slightest, to be honest with you, because we've sat here during the course of this season. For me, it would be immensely hypocritical of me to turn around and say, the wheels are falling off. Shit's going to hit the fan. This is a disaster. Gerard can't do fuck all without Mike Beale. It'd be, it'd be absolutely hypocritical if I st- sat here and did this. And the reason being is because while I believe that, that that it takes time to implement what they were doing during the course of this year, there were times where I called what they were doing this year into question. Um, we were not a perfect entity from October on this year. And if, if Gerard is the manager and if somebody on the training ground is that guy in the training ground, and while I'm I'm completely talking out of both sides of my mouth here, that McBeal is a brilliant manager. Don't get me wrong here, but um, I think that the biggest thing for me here is the as you mentioned, getting somebody in early. You know, so the fact that Ooh. the trepidation and and being anxious about it, I'm not anxious as long as they strike while the iron's hot, and that this gets done early. This is important. It's as important to get this done early, whether McBeal wants to stay or wants to go as it is to get the likes of Diego Carlos in, to get the likes of Kamara in, to get the likes of um, 
of, of continuing. It is important because Ooh. we want to have installation. Like, there's nobody in the training ground at the moment, so we're not going to be able to install anything at the minute. But uh, from, from an installation of tactics and teamwork point of view, but we would need that man in place to hit the ground running straight away. Um, of course. Ad, Ad makes a really good point here. In that Emmy Martinez interview with Ben Foster, he, he, he said it was kind of weird. It was like they had two managers. So so what, what happens going forward? There is an awful lot there. There's, a, there's not a huge coaching ticket in, in the club. We've, we've got guys that we don't know what their involvement is, you know, that were kept on. Aaron Danks, Austin McPhee, uh, Neil Cutler. Not, not guys we automatically want to see move on, but boys that could be moved on very easily. I, I tend to think we might see Aaron Danks go into the under twenty threes role or or into you know some other role within the club, um. But you know I, I do believe that if he brings someone in, it can it can't be a Xabi Alonso. I think it needs to be a proven coach. It needs to be someone who's cut their teeth for a longer time than Xabi Alonso, and that's what's worrying me. I did a bit of looking back to see who Stephen Gerrard. I played under who his coaches were X, Y, and Z, all this kind of stuff to see if I could find was there anybody he could come in that could be that old head. And then I stopped after I went back as far as like there was all this stuff going through my mind. Is he going to bring in Ashley Cole because he played with him and FC, you know, all this mad stuff? And then I went, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. That's what that's what Gary Mack is for. Gary Mack is there to be that steadying old head that he played with, that he trusts, that has that experience that maybe wasn't able to cut it as a manager. And but is a respected part of a backroom team and has been respect respected mm. part of a backroom team for multiple uh, teams and multiple managers. So what I think is going to be important here is that, like, I'm going to be really honest. I barely knew about Mike Beal before he joined the club, as in I had heard of him through Rangers, uh, through through his time at Rangers with Stephen Gerrard. But like, being really honest, there isn't a, there isn't an Aston Villa fan here. That could one hundred percent hand and heart say they knew Mike Beale inside out two years ago, eighteen months ago. There no. just there just isn't. So what I'm trying to get at here is that I and I want him to stay. I'm playing real devil's advocate here before people to start start wondering as Neil turned turned heel on the podcast here, Mister Positivity and Mister Mister Everyone is great at their job. I I'm just playing devil's advocate here that there are coaches out there that are really well respected. Like there's coaches like Aaron Danks is really well respected. I'm not quite sure if he's going to be here for the long road. Um, but there are coaches here that are really, really well respected. There are coaches out there that we don't know of at all. Mm. Um, that uh, run under the radar and that may come in here. But as I say, the biggest thing here for me is that number one, my 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 the best best case scenario is Mike Beale stays. That Villa back up the Brinks truck and say to him, listen, don't go to QPR. QPR don't have the best history of treating their managers right since basically since Tony Fernandez got them into the Premier League. They've been a bit of a dumpster fire. You're not you're not going to be the guy to turn that around and get them back in the Premier League. Um, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But Villa could go to him and say, listen, stay here. This is a project that you want to be involved with. And he may turn around and he may stay. That's my number one preference. I think everybody wants that. Everybody wants stability. My number two preference is that he that, that the club or that he or the QPR make a decision quickly so that he can go and we can replace him. That's my number two preference. And uh, who we replace him with doesn't really bother. Like I I couldn't sit here. Not like we're not like with, with players, as you mentioned, Paddy. You know, 
there could be the best coach in the world that's out there that none of us have ever heard of that will come in here and will transform the club. And he might, or there might be a, clo- a, a coach there that nobody has ever heard of that's had mediocre success somewhere and comes in here and, ha- and finds success here with the players we have. And that's what you mm-hmm. tend to find is that coaches coach really well with a certain group of players and then they move on to their next project or on to the next team with another group of players. It doesn't go so well for them. You know, there's, only very, there's very few coaches that can come in and, and, and have longevity and continually, like managers can, but coaches, you'd see managers will bring different coaches with them as they move to different clubs. And, and it'll just be an interesting one, but I hope Mike Beale stays. And um, <laughs> Mike is mad for that parking podcast. Mike Laney says, I think parking facilities may have been an issue with Beale's departure. I told you. Yeah, he's mad for that parking podcast. But, <laughs> Uh, as as I say, it will be interesting, and we will be tracking this. I'm I'm disappointed he's leaving. I'm going to be honest with you, and you can kind of maybe tell in my voice. But I just want the club to do something to, to either cut cut it and run at this stage, or keep him here and make him an offer he can't refuse. One or the other, and yeah. we'll see what way that goes. And, and that's it. I think we've we've probably said as much as we can now until until we see whether he's actually going or not. You know, he could go down to talk to QPR and it just not work out because. You know, they don't strike me as somebody who would match his ambition. And that's that's the one thing that I'm holding on to, that he'll stay. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. But um, in, a, in a kind of sadistic way, it will be exciting. And I've already been messaging the guys from the training ground guru uh, to say, be on standby, should I need to know who the hell is <laughs> taking over as our new coach? <laughs> because if they don't know him, uh, it, well, they will know him for absolutely 100% sure. They will definitely know who who, who comes in as coach for us. And you never know, we might know because it could be an ex-player. Um, it very easily could be an ex-player. Or they could promote from within, who knows? Maybe maybe Sean Verity gets his chance. Maybe one of those coaches gets their chance, who knows? But uh, we won't know until uh, until the until the decision on Mike Beal leaving or staying is made by QPR, I suppose, really. Or by McBeal himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's things in our control and there's things not in our control and we just have to sit by but I think that they will have made some sort of a deadline on this um, for for it and hopefully they have should I say that um, anything else going on in the world Paddy with Aston Villa I think there was a rumour to Gareth Bale today I'm going to find <laughs> this one in, in under don't care that's what I'm going to find that one in under Pinch of salt, I think that one, yeah. Um, unless unless something bizarre has gone on behind the scenes, but I just I just can't see how we would be able to afford his wages. But then again, I don't think anyone can afford the wages he'd be looking for for someone who doesn't play as often as he used to. So who knows? It just wouldn't be for me. I, like it's it's amazing. Like you look at you look at his contributions and stuff like that when he plays. He's still as good as a, as as not not as as electric as he was, but he still influences games as he used to. And even when he came back with Spurs, yeah, I know he took him it took him time to find to hit the ground running, but um, you know, to come back into the Premier League after essentially not really playing very much over a two year mm-hmm. period is difficult. And he even saw it with Coutinho, he had good spells, he had bad spells uh, during the course of of his of his what four months here. And uh, we're hoping next season that he'll have that preseason behind to be able be able to hit the ground running and be able to move forward like that. But I, I just don't know. Like I don't even know. Do we have a place for him? Do we have a place for Bale in the team? Um, to me, I that think we find be... a place for him, all right. But you know, the key, the, the key place. Pardon? 
I don't even know where we could find a place for him, to be honest with you. Like, because if we're signing him, we have to get rid of Emmy. Emmy Brindia, that is. Like, you know, he's going to play in that position behind the strikers, you'd have to imagine. We don't play with wingers. Just seems a really strange one. Mm. Anyway, it was it was just a spurious link, so I, I don't know whether you'd be devoting much time to it, to be honest, but if it does happen, we'll we'll uh, we'll be all over it, and I'm I'm sure most most people would be happy to see him come in. But the key thing the key thing is he needs to be playing ball to be consistent. So, um, I, I, as you you know as you as you rightly say, it would be hard to shoehorn him in there. Do you play him as a ten? Do you play him as a nine? I don't know. Do you play him as a left back? <laughs> I never thought of playing him as a, as no no striker. Um. Mm. I think if we're playing him as an out-and-out striker, you definitely have to play someone beside him. Uh, I just don't think... Based on the players that we have at the moment, I think you definitely have to play someone alongside him. Uh, it's yeah. an interesting one. Uh, for me, For me, it's still an O. It's still an O. He's he's up there. He's what he must be thirty three years of age. I'd say at this stage, is he? Is he maybe I could I could be I think, really. I think he's thirty two. I think I heard today. Yeah. Yeah, like and as you say, he's going to want the bonds of a quarter of a million minimum. I would imagine. Oh, week, yeah, and so. the re- and the rest. I'd imagine you know they, he he's won five, five European cups. It's outrageous, isn't it? Yeah, like he was at, when he was alone at Spurs. He scored eleven goals in twenty games. It's not that's to be sniffed at it if we can afford it. Not to be though, isn't it? <laughs> that's some good. Like that yeah. is some going to, to score eleven goals in twenty in twenty games. I just don't know where we'd fit him in, really. Like you know, as uh, opposed to Jono doesn't believe that uh, eleven goals in twenty games was good enough. Yeah, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia here. It says eleven goals in twenty in twenty games, and 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 for me, I'm I'm actually just I'm fact checking myself at the moment. Yeah, he actually scored 16 goals in 34 appearances for Spurs last season. Or sorry, 2020-21. Yeah, yeah, last season. Yeah. That's pretty mad. I would never yeah. thought that in a million years. No, it's just show you one and two, so how bad. 11 goals in the league, five in the cups, and yeah, in 34 appearances, 16 goals. That's and and we're, we're not getting that out of our strikers at the moment, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But once again, I just don't even know where he fits in. We don't play with wingers. We just don't. If we did, if we did, you'd have to say, "Oh, absolutely, we'd sign him." But then again, signing Coutinho if we played with wingers wouldn't have made any sense either. So it's uh it's really much, it really kind of, uh, it, it's it's what, what's that phrase I'm looking for? It's all sixes, two trees and one six. What's the what's the six of one, half a dozen in the other? That, that's what I'm looking. For. That's the phrase I'm looking for. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Yeah, it doesn't really make any. It wouldn't really make any sense to me. But um, oh, did you guys dis- did I disappear? And you guys there? Did you lose me? I, 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 guess guys there. I know that's all good. So if you if if I uh, didn't disappear off the screen, that's all good. But no, it was mm. a bit of a spurious link, as you say. I don't think there's much into it, in it. There's also been some links, Paddy. To like Robin Olsen hasn't fully signed. No, we not don't done. need either Bale yeah. or Suarez, says Mister Dolan. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't think we might need we might need them, but I think we're gonna get one of them. <laughs> I think one of them is gonna sign. Uh, I think that's. It. I just think the writing is on the wall for Suarez to sign. Um, mm. uh, I think it is, and uh, I think look, we obviously have a, a manager that's in. It's been in Paris over the weekend. I would imagine he's gone on to his family holiday, um, for a couple of weeks, maybe. 
couple of days. And then when he gets back to it, I would imagine that we would probably see movement on a couple of more outgoings and potentially some ingoings, incomings as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Luis Suarez wishing Stephen Gerrard a happy birthday yesterday on his Instagram. There's just things in it there. Look, I, I'm a hawk for all that kind of stuff. I, <laughs> I, I'll definitely buy into all that kind of crap. Um, but whether whether he does come or not, I, I don't know. I just I just always had a pin down in the back of my mind that yeah, Luis Suarez will probably rock up at Aston Villa for a year or two, and then wait, now that the um, Las Vegas villains is more or less a done deal in the MLS, that I would imagine that he'll rock over there and play up play over there till he's touching forty. Um, Chris has changed his mind. There he says, "Yeah, yeah." I think that's probably that's the predominant. Um, I think that's the, probably the predominant feeling. Is yeah. uh, I think a lot of people don't want Baylor Suarez um, within the team, but I suppose we'll see. We'll see what what, what happens with, with that. Like obviously, we're two lads here in Ireland. We have zero inside information. So if anybody thinks we're trying to allude to something that we can't say, who the hell would tell us anything? Is exactly what I'm getting. I just have this hunch that I've had. I've been saying it to Paddy for ages since since even before the January transfer window. I think Luis Suarez would leave uh, Atletico and end up at Aston Villa with Steven Gerrard. Um, so it was just just something. So this yeah. is kind of an in joke as well for myself and Paddy whenever Suarez comes up in conversation. Um, well, I dumped everything out of my uh, my uh, betting account onto Luis Suarez. I think that it's that much of a done deal. I thought it would have been done before. Um, holidays were taken at the weekend but it wasn't but that doesn't mean it's dead in the water we, we've signed uh we've signed a player without him appearing in a short and we found out today why he didn't appear in the shorts because he's going to appear in, in a new castore short in the next few weeks is that is that the uh, carlos did we find that out today yeah. oh well we found out what the new shirt is going to be yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, so every, everybody was Everyone's wondering why why he hasn't been, you know, paraded out. It's ju- it just came at the time that they were all going on holidays. He would have done his medical in Spain, we would imagine, or or anywhere else for that matter. So it's just going to take a bit of time before we see him. I love when PSK comes into the podcast. I love when PSK comes in there. Um, where is it? Ah. Rumours of the Beal coaching replacement is Garrity from Blackpool, another former Liverpool coach. Is that Sean Garrity? Is that his name? PSK, if you're... Uh, if, mm. if you're, uh, Let me Google there. This is this is the kind of hard-hitting stuff that you guys come here for. <laughs> Sean Garrity is a Canadian film director anyway, so it might not be that Sean Garrity. If it is, it'd be an interesting interest. I know that everybody wants to have a Netflix documentary about their team, but it would be really interesting to have your assistant manager as a Canadian uh, film director. Uh, that will be for sure, but um, yeah, interesting. interesting. Mike Garrity, Mike Garrity, interesting. More to be read on that. I don't know how how, how true or, how, or not that is, but PSK has come up trumps in 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 our comment sections from time to time. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I will have to do my homework there as well, Paddy. Before we get on to Castoria, because I want to just keep all the transfer stuff wrapped up in a nice little bow. A couple of people asking for Ben Foster as number two. Robin Olsen hasn't signed yet. Um, which yeah. is a kind of a strange one, considering that they started him last game of the season, and it should have just been more or less a, 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 a you know, a case of yeah, well, we've signed him now, but it hasn't happened. I don't know. Are they no, just made, it, like is he out of contract? Uh, I don't. I don't know if he's out of contract. But the, the only thing I will say is, 
Um, that's the that's the first look in he got. And maybe in his time here, he's realised that he's going to get very, very little game time. He'll play probably Carabao Cup. He'll play a bit in pre-season. But he, he's not getting in there unless Emmy's injured. He's not going to dethrone him from where he is. Um, and, you know, there's there's worse options out there than, than taking Ben Foster, who's basically a, a free signing as well. So... Uh, it's been an interesting few weeks, and I, I certainly wouldn't argue with, with Ben Foster coming in. No, neither would I. Neither would I at all. Um, I think, excuse me. I think I think uh, an experience number two is is very important. Like Jed Steer, um, did his Achilles. Like he's probably not even going to be back before the start of the season. Um, Sinisalo, you'd be nuts to go into going to a new season with just, um, even though he's well thought of. With just Sinisalo on the bench, if Robin Olsen yeah. doesn't come back, and uh, you know there are some good veteran goalkeepers out there. Signing an English veteran goalkeeper could be good as well if we were to get him on maybe a two-year contract. Because when we're in Europe next year, you know we're going to need those English players for that European competition, um, just like Man City <laughs> are doing, and and United did with Lee Camp. Was it Lee Camp or Lee Grant? I can't remember which one of the two that that, that, signed, that United had on their books for like three or four years, just to have him there as an English qualified player so they could register him for a European competition. And like Man City have done through the years and are, are doing at the moment with Scott um, with Scott Carson. Okay, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one. It is definitely an interesting one. But I, like, as I said, I haven't seen him, I haven't seen it linked anywhere. I just think that it's, uh, but it is an interesting prospect. It is an interesting yeah. prospect. For sure. And, and Ol- Olsen has his international career to, to consider. He's, he, did Sweden, did Sweden qualify for the World Cup? Can't remember. Were Sweden not in our group? No, that was the Swedish women were in our group. Guys, I, I'm, I'm working off hardly no sleep today, so if I make only slight bits <laughs> of sense, less than normal, um, I do apologise. I do apologise. But, um, Castoria, Paddy. Castoria, the brand that have come from nowhere to take over the world. Like, only formed in like 2016 or 2018. And mm. already uh, principal partners to McLaren, taking over the, the tennis world with Andy Murray and, and, and a couple of more people. I was only watching the French Open before I came in. Uh, I've been watching the French Open over the last week and a bit, and you see the Castoria tops on some of the tennis players that are there. Um, obviously, they had Wolves and they had Newcastle, and now they're going to be the principal partner to Aston Villa on a multi-year deal, um, which I would hope and presume is pretty lucrative for the club itself. Um, based on the big, uh, big write-up that they gave it today on on the on the website, yeah, is it? Look, is it? Everybody wants someone like Adidas. Everybody wants someone like Nike. Everybody wants somebody who's been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, I will be honest. I remember going on the fan forums more so really than Twitter, and nobody was happy. Like everybody was giving out that Luke got it back in two thousand seventeen. That seems to be brushed under the carpet. Luke has done the best jersey of. That I can remember in modern times for Aston Villa, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Based on what Castoria have done previously and the mock-ups, I don't think we're going to reach those heights. Um, <laughs> but uh, I suppose, really, when money talks, uh, and, 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 and that's were... the that's the key issue here. Um, I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody is going to say, well, with the exception of those that are disappointed with Kappa, and while. I was a little bit disappointed with Kappa and the sizing. I, I found the quality of their stuff quite good. I bought, I bought enough of it. <laughs> so um, I, I, for one, haven't had any of the logos wash off or, or um, maybe I just 
wash everything at the right temperature. I don't know, but um, look, it 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 doesn't brim me with confidence that you know they're going to come out with these bangers of shorts. But let's be honest, if they just put out a claret short with blue sleeves and we get into Europe and their money helps us, I couldn't give a rat's arse. And that's been totally honest with you. Um, the whole the whole idea that everybody's cheering and wanting Adidas. I think that's what we need to hold in our locker. We're, we're not dealing with mugs here. We're, de- we're dealing with, you know, rich billionaires running the club. We're dealing with, with uh, poor slow, with the poor strings. These things will come with time. I have no doubt when that when that uh, needs to be pulled, it will be Adidas that's in there. And that's that's how they will uh, manage financial fair play in the future. And if it, hopefully... Um, that's a good point, Eddie. Yeah, so yeah, you have to keep these things in reserve, and uh, we, we'll wait for the three. I, I believe it's a three-year deal with Castore. So, um, they have they haven't been. Even know if that's how you pronounce it. Is it pronounced Castore or is it pronounced Castor? Uh, who cares? Does anyone know how to pronounce it? <laughs> Has anyone asked how it's pronounced? <laughs> Damn. I don't know. It just looks. Well, I've only ever heard of being called Castore. But like there was a number of a number of issues with, with when when they took over uh, the Rangers deal as well, where shorts were coming in with no no uh, Castori crest on them and stuff like that, and sent out weird jerseys that weren't actually the, the Rangers jersey. So, um, you know, I'm sure they've got their 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 stuff together at this stage. You know, have you know like that Newcastle jersey? I think it's awful looking. Whatever they did with the sponsor, it looks like there's a number four on the top of yeah, the shirt. I think that's just that, that's more so the the limitations of the. And, and of once the, you, once you see that, you can't unsee it, you yeah. know. So yeah, there's things like that that just just annoy me with it. But um, to be honest, I'm not expecting a banger of a short. But you know, I, I really don't care what it looks like as long as we're playing well in it. It gets us up off our seats, and we score plenty of goals, and we shoot up that table. That is the that is the reason they're there. They're there to bring in money, money plays for the players that we're bringing in this summer. Uh, yeah, I agree, and um, yeah, as I say, you don't get any points for looking beautiful on the field. <laughs> Much now as I would like to have a beautiful shirt, like I didn't. But then again, I didn't like the shirt that we had this season. But literally, the first time I saw it on a player properly in the match, I went, "Oh, I like it. It's nice. It's really nice." Like that. There was there was the photo shoots that they had at this this shirt for this year, where Jack Grealish was in the turnstile, or or I think it was was he in the turnstile or somewhere where he had his feet up, and then and then um John McGinn looked like he was leaning over. Uh, a bar having a conversation at some stage, but he was leaning over a, a, a railing in Villa Park and stuff. And I didn't like the professional shots of it then, but then when it, when you saw it on the field, I actually quite liked it. I actually really liked it this season. This season's shirt. So uh, I'll hold my powder on on what the shirt is going to be like. And to be honest with you, as I say, if it's the shirt that we wear when we get into when we when we go up the league or when we've got certain players playing for us, I'm not going to be too worried if it isn't the most beautiful shirt I've ever seen Aston Villa team wear um, just at the moment because I think you know it's it's time the we're, we're at a very much a precipice here at the club at the moment and I think they're going to need to take money you know we're spending money like drunken sailors over the last couple of summers and we're able to afford it and we're obviously circumnavigating FFP and that's absolutely fine I don't care what dirty tricks we do to circumnavigate FFP because they're all at it they're all at it. anyone with money that is at, that is doing it and uh, you know you either 
you you either jo- if you can't beat them, join them. I think, and there's no way you can beat them, the the juggernaut of it at the moment. And if this is a deal whereby it's overinflated from Castore to get in uh, with a team like Aston Villa, they will be the biggest club the within England that uh, that they've done a jersey for. Cue all the Wolves fans and Newcastle fans now in the in the comments. Uh, but this will be the biggest, most historic club that they will have done a jersey for within uh, the Premier League. So uh, I can't imagine that they would have come cheap. And Paddy, they've got all their mistakes out the way with the Rangers jerseys and with the Wolves jerseys and with the Newcastle jerseys. Couldn't care less about those jerseys. Next year's a new year and let's see what way they've got their production done. And you never know, uh, a lot of people here as well aren't exactly too... Um, too enamoured with Fanatics and how Fanatics run the run the gear for Aston Villa at the moment. Maybe Castori take over that as well. I suppose there's. I haven't read fully the whole press briefing this morning. I don't know whether uh, Fanatics are still going to be involved. I personally never had any real problems with Fanatics with Kitbag with with any of the the, the subcontractors yeah. that are used to distribute. But I know that some people have, and and I suppose it would be interesting to see that as well from a um. And and look, let's call a spade a spade as well here. For the portly man like myself, you can never get a large top or an extra large top. Anyway, like they're sold out after two weeks of the season. So maybe they'll get their quantities right. And maybe the sizings will be right as well because, uh, yeah, it's uh, that that might be nice. So there could be a hidden, there could be hidden plus points to, to Castoria coming in and, uh, and, and, and taking over the shirt. But, uh, yeah, it was just something that dropped today, I think, and it's worth it's worth. Um, the fact that the club have now announced it, the cat's out of the bag, should I say? And um, I'm sure the financials on it would be pretty interesting to see as well, because uh, you know there would be no. I can imagine you know the capo would have been in the running as well. Maybe wanted to keep on the um, the 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 rights to do that. And uh, if Castoriero bidding capo capo, well then so so be it on, on our bottom line. Mm-hmm. The, the only my only concern is that they, they seem to be fairly pricey with what they sell. Yeah, so, you know, there was a lot of complaints, especially from overseas, uh, in, in like North Americans that had to pay $100 for a Villa short at the start of last season. They're probably going to pay more than that this year. So I don't imagine we're going to make much money <laughs> on all of these shorts unless, unless we're shooting up the league as, as we predict. But uh, yeah. I will probably sign Bale and we will sign Suarez. The amount of these shirts that will be in eh, all over the world, Paddy, there won't, be a, <laughs> there won't be a child under the age of 15 in Wales that won't have an Aston Villa jersey on once we sign Bale. And that's where the lucrative market is, the hidden money in Wales. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paddy... Let's talk about a bit of a season review. We said we come on here and we cut it at half an hour. We're 34 minutes in and we haven't even spoken about what we really wanted to speak about. But we a season review. So let's start off, I suppose, with the defence. As I said, we're doing doing it in three different batches. Myself and Paddy are going to talk about the defence today. Um, I think it was a tough year for our defence this, this year. Um, last year, I think it would have been one of the more steady, um, solid areas of our team, specifically at the start of the season. And when things were going right, we were holding teams to, you know, we had a lot of clean sheets last season. We were uh, holding very attacking teams. We were disciplined against them and stuff like that. And this year it hasn't worked out as well as it did last season, Paddy. Um, what's your overarching feeling on the defence? And obviously we've had some reinforcement. We've had our reinforcement already. What's your overarching feeling on the defence? And was it a bit of a letdown for you or was it what you expected this season? Yeah, I, I, I you know, Ming's, since he signed for Villa, for me, has has been incredible. But unfortunately, 
still has that little um, mistake in his locker. It, it happens. Um, and then we've seen in recent times, Cons is the same. Um, where we are in a great place is our two fullbacks. I think I think the acquisition of Luca Dean is absolutely huge for us. He's a huge step up from what we had. Um, Matt Cash has grown into a world class fullback. He's absolutely, you know, the, the two fullbacks. I don't think there's any even discussion that they're going to be replaced or, or someone else come in above them next season. They're there. I think all the discussion is at centre half. Yeah, and, and it goes to show that that's where the speculation is. Speculation is at centre-half and potentially Calvin Bassey coming in to play left-back uh, centre-half. I, I genuinely, if Calvin Bassey signs for us, he will be a left-back option and he will be fourth-choice centre-half. Um, I think at the moment uh, he's not going to... Like if Calvin Bassey comes in, he's not going to be the guy that's going to usurp Tyrone Wings. Mm. He's just not. And, no, and Tyrone Wings ain't going anywhere this season either. Mm. Uh, Tyrone Wings is here unless there's a mega offer from Newcastle or someone like that you know once again money will talk with that one and and I just don't see those offers coming in for him at the moment he's out of the England squad his stock is lower than it's been in the last four years um, he like you go on social media everybody says Tyrone Mings isn't even related to a footballer which is wrong I think which is wrong to say um, I think he gets a lot of slick, stick for other reasons yes he does make mistakes but you know, they're like he's still going to. I, I, I think he's still going to be on the team sheet come mm. first game of the season. Tyrone Mings, and, and I am think... I disappointed? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not terribly disappointed because I think he's 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 quite a good player who does make mistakes. That's mm. that's a fair assessment of him. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be disappointed either if he's still there. Um, I like him. I like him as a leader. I like him as a person. I like I like him as a player. Uh, just we we've spent the last three Premier League years hoping that he would eradicate those mistakes out of his game, which hasn't happened. And unfortunately, those mistakes cost points, and that's what we have to think of going forward. And I think the key thing you said there, if a an offer was to come in, I think it would be accepted. I think I think if a decent offer came in, it would be accepted. Yeah, but that, that, that's just my opinion. I th I think I think. The trust is not completely there from the management team, and if a, if a big enough deal came in, he will be gone. Yeah, I, I, with with this management team, I, I I think you're right. I think what you say there is right. I I also think though, when you say an offer comes in, like we're talking forty million. Well, maybe, maybe not for maybe we're talking thirty million anyway. Um, before before he would even be looked at, and I, I I tend to think that if that offer came in, he would be taken, we would be let go. I should say. Hmm. Uh, and I think it'd be a fair price for him. I think you'd nearly. I think you would have to consider that. I definitely mm -hmm. think you would have to consider that if 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 it was the case. Um, but like I'm I'm okay with him sticking around next season. Tyrone yeah. I'm okay. And when when we um, talk when we talk about Tyrone Mings, somebody just asked a question there. Mings or Maguire? Give me Mings every day. <laughs> uh, I, I I think I'd take Mings too. And I, and I know that might sound very hometown, but I think I'd now take Mings. I'd, I'd take Mings as well. Mm. I think and, and don't forget that Man United paid nearly, paid nearly uh, 80 million for, for, yeah. for Harry Maguire, which is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and isn't something that I would be comfortable with. Uh, 
with, with having on my CV if I was a uh, one of the money men or one of the scouts or whatever. But, but then again, look, I suppose Harry Maguire has gone on to have a fantastic, uh, fantastic career as well for himself. So uh, in that aspect, it's um, it's it's something that uh, they, they could probably stand over as well. But you know, for the twenty six million, we took a chance as well on Tyrone Mings. For twenty six yeah. million, we took a chance on him, and uh, he has repaid us because he's got us back into the Premier League. Absolutely. You know, yep. and and I think and and I think he stays around. But as you say, I think money talks. And when we talk about having to recoup money, and we've spoken about it previously, that it's a case whereby if an offer comes in for a player we think is replaceable for less money, then we can put we would pull the trigger on that. I think and 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 let someone go. And I think forty million is a fair price. I think it's probably over. I don't know. Will we get an offer of that? Because I think teams would be wary of the the whole feeling, the social media feeling around signing a player like Ty Tyrone Mings for that big money. I think that yeah. like like New, Newcastle has found has se- seemed to have found a bazillion new social media fans who are very opinionated, and I don't think that they're <laughs> um, I, I don't think that they and I, I could be nearly guaranteed that ninety nine percent of them have never have never seen Tyrone Mings more than four times in their lives, mm. but they've made a decision that he's that he's crap, and I think that the that, that certain clubs might stay away from him because of backlash based on social media as opposed to. As opposed to um, what we see, and and yes, he does good things, but yes, he can throw in a rick, and 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 look, a lot of defenders that as, that aren't in the top four teams, and some defenders that are in the top four teams do that as well. Yeah, and I, I don't want to seem seem unfair. We've we've seen the Camba give the ball away that, that led to goals. We've seen McGinn give the ball away that led to goals. It can happen to anybody. It's just mm-hmm. if you're that last line of defence. It's likely to ha- it's likely to happen that the goal is conceded when 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 you make a mistake. Now the man you have on screen, I believe, was a great partner for him. Um, I saw them a couple of times in the flesh and was really impressed at how Callum Chambers was talking to Mings throughout the game. It was like as he was keeping him on his toes, and I was very underwhelmed when we signed Callum Chambers. It was it was a nice one, it was a nice one to bring in on a free transfer. But I think everybody was underwhelmed and he hasn't let us down at all. At all. And he's given us a couple of magic moments while he's been in there. He, he's had he's had his ups and downs as well. He played that, he started that first 20 minutes he played at, at central midfield where he was like uh, f- full Hulk Hogan wrestling people to the ground. But, uh, yeah. you know, but he grew into that as well. Um, and for a guy to come cold off the bench into, into those games, he hasn't let us down at all. No, absolutely, and uh, like he played thirteen. You can see it there. He played thirteen games last season, including the games he played for Arsenal. These were statistics over the course of the whole season. Um, Eleven starts. He averaged seventy-eight minutes. Obviously, he's played a lot uh, on the right-hand side for Arsenal and uh, more centre half for us. But he would have been tasked with, you know, Matty Cash doesn't stay home, so he would have been tasked with with, with getting very far out wide there as well. Um, yeah. uh, so we can see his heat map there, but. Has some decent numbers, you know. Pressure success rate is never going to be good for a centre half in Aston Villa because, uh, as I say, it's you're 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 there to block the ball as best you can, and you can see it's it. it's it's you're it's, not it's you're a, not diving in. You're not well. You shouldn't be diving in. <laughs> so your your pressure success is going to be low anyway. Yeah, and and it's like as I say, we've we're we're a contained defence and we're we're a retreat defence whereby we protect our box and try and block them having shots inside the box. And if they want to have shots outside the box and score from there, we'll lend more power to them. 
Um, and we've been that defence since we've come into the Premier League. I don't know what a change under Gerrard when he gets his feet properly under the table, whoever uh, is the coach this season. Um, I don't know will that change. It's going to be really interesting. It's a really interesting demographic of, of types of, of defenders. He's he's looking to sign, as we said, with Diego Carlos. is signed now, a uh, ball-playing centre-half, but... Um, and, and built like a brick shit house as well. Uh, I think the Tarkovsky deal is probably more or less dead in the water now. It looks like it's kind of rumbled on for too long. But then again, as I said previously, our manager's in Paris. Manager, I'm sure, has gone on to gone on for some sun for the next week or so. And when he comes back, maybe he just doesn't want to. Maybe they just don't want to announce it while so, uh, until Stephen Jarrett comes back from holidays. That's yeah. that's quite a common thing to happen. You know, you don't want to announce somebody coming in, 29-year-old James Tarkowski on a big contract for free transfer. I know he's not Fabio Cannavaro or whatever, but, you know, you still want to have the, the, the coach there holding the jersey beside him in Baltimore Heat. You know, it's all part of the PR machine. So potentially that could be it. But for me, I think, I, I, I don't think that one is going to happen now at this moment in time. But as I say... The world turns, and every day the world turns, something different can happen, and something and something matter happens every day. So, um, as I say, we can only speak on what we know, what we feel, I suppose, as of the thirty first of May today. Um, but I think you mentioned something really interesting, Paddy, and really, really uh, good. Like, look at Luca Dean's heat map; it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. Like, it just goes to show how far up the field he played last season. Madness, absolute madness at times, but. Fun madness when he got up there because he was very good in an attacking sense. Just sometimes uh, we were left raw at the back without him up there. But 29 games played, 29 games started, um, 84 minutes. Obviously taking into account his career at Everton too where he fell out with um, with the waiter there at, uh, at, at Everton and um, came in and I think was a breath of fresh air for Aston Villa. Not to say that Manny, Manny Target was a bad player, don't get me wrong. I just think what Luke Dean gave, gives you an attack is something to get really excited about next season, provided we can figure out how to defend and get more of a structure in midfield. I think Luke Dean could be a massive weapon um, for us next season. And he did prove it at times this season when he had, I think he had more assists than any other defender in the Premier League. Um, at, I think it was coming up to the last week of the season. Yeah, that mm-hmm. statistic is correct. Um, or more more shot creating actions or something like that came from Luca Dean uh, passes as well. I think was another one. I'm open to correction on that. So uh, his end product is pretty decent. Uh, he was making chances when we were up there when he was up there, and I think that that's something that Stephen Gerrard wants to use. Um, coupled as well with Matt Target or Matt Matt Cash, gosh, uh, Freudian slip there. But with Matt Cash, there was uh, talks today as well. I think. Um, uh, there was something I read somewhere today that the Atlético Madrid were willing to go really hard in on Matty Cash, but when he signed that that contract, it was a case of okay, we were not going to 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 pile money in here on him because, but they were willing to go to a, a pretty big transfer fee for him, and um, but he'd made his feelings clear by by signing that contract, which was which was great. I think it was really good 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 to see that because yeah. Matty Cash again is is somebody we're going to rely on an awful lot. Um, and uh, uh, he's going to further his career, I think, in, in the coming season and, and, and push on again because he's, got, he's gone from strength to strength to strength even when you look back at his, at his Nottingham Forest um, career and, for, and also, we never, I never said it at the start of the podcast, congratulations to the Nottingham Forest and I hope they do well in the Premier League next season. I hope they stay up and I hope they, they push on, just finish below us. And, um, and we never talk about Keenan Davis, which we might come back to before the end of the podcast. But Matty Cash has pushed on Every year since he's made his debut at Nottingham Forest, and I don't expect him to take a foot off the pedal 
now that he's an international with uh with 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 Poland, I don't expect him to take his foot off the pedal at all. And uh, someone that is 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 like the I think the think the interesting thing about our our, our defense this season, Paddy, is that the individuals probably have been better than the sum of their parts. And yeah. that was probably the opposite last year. Last year, the sum of their parts were better than the individuals. And I think it's just kind of turned around. So finding that dichotomy or finding that uh, that balancing point between, you know, Matty Cash scoring three goals a season and us not conceding 48 goals or whatever, or 50 goals or whatever we conceded Ooh. this season. That's yeah. going to be the, 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 the balancing point. Mm -hmm. And we we haven't even really mentioned Konza, who I think we I think we know at this stage is, is going to be here next season because nobody's going to sign him in his in, in his current state. We we shall say, um, and and best wishes to him. I hope he I hope he uh, wish him a speedy recovery and I hope he comes back stronger and uh, back to his his old ways because you know we we always loved Edri Konza on this podcast. He's always been phenomenal, but. You know, he he lost his way a little bit this season, I feel. Um Yes. Uh, I, I well I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's once again it's an interesting one. I think I think the change of manager mid season affected our defence more so than anything else. I think our midfield was stuttering. Mm -hmm. Um and and spoiler alert, uh we're gonna be doing the midfield tomorrow. But I think our midfield was stuttering under Smith and it just never really massively improved under Gerard. Um because I think that he wanted to keep some familiarity in there as opposed to just blow up the midfield altogether with regards to, to spacing and tactics. But what he did worked in, in, in fits and starts. But I think our defence suffered the most. Um, I think it suffered the most yeah. um, of, of any grouping this season. And, and hopefully they get back on, on track as well. Paddy, we left out somebody very important, somebody very close to my heart. We left him out. And Ashley Young. Um, let, let's not forget 24 games, 10 starts, 52 minutes per night, uh, 52 minutes, uh, average the average per 90 when he played. And as we can see there, you weren't running past him. He, if you were dribbling at him, he was tackling you and you weren't dribbling past him. And he didn't do anything else when he was playing there, playing at left back. He was, he just didn't do anything else when he played back Ooh. there. So, uh, that was always my issue, but. Um, it, it's you know if if you dribbled at Ashley Young, he was able to tackle you, and he was nimble enough, and he had he had the athleticism to still be able to hold up hold up people, and uh, he didn't get dribbled past, and and I think that's commendable as well. But you know, as we go into the next year, I would I would be hoping that that a um somebody would be able to step up to maybe take that left back position, that 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 second string left back position, um from Ashley Young, keep him around the squad. Don't get me wrong, you know you're going to need old heads. Uh, to to gel squads, um, but Ashley Young did some very good things this season, and and and, and other things he was just non-existent in. Um, but that's the go. Look, that's the type. Like that's he's what five foot eight, five foot nine. He's not exactly the strongest man in the world. I wouldn't be expecting him to be winning any aerial jewels, you know, things like that. So I suppose expectation based on 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 what his what his skill set was, um. But it's probably fair to say that he did what he what what, was, what I would have expected him to do, um, at left back, uh, and uh, but I just want him to be replaced next season. I'm sorry, I just think <laughs> we need a better better backup left back. That's okay I've, too. I, I've stayed quiet and let you say it all. I agree, <laughs> totally agree, um, but I do believe we're going to keep him on. I think, oh, I think. he's definitely staying. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, 
I just, I would just like him to see, you know, well, to be honest, I don't, I don't know where I see him if, if he if he stays other than in some kind of coaching role. I, th- I think that might be the best option, but, you know, who knows? It's a, it's a strange old game. And, you know, I, I, I didn't see... I didn't see him being bought as a left back uh, or a replacement left back when he came in in the first place. But uh, look, he's a great, he's a great servant. Great, obviously a great player. He's had a great career. He's at the back end of that now. Absolutely, 100%. So, um, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go too hard on him. But I also don't want to see him at left back next season at all, if at all possible. Mm. <laughs> I think that's fair. Like we we put respect beside his name. Don't get us wrong. As Thibaut Courtois <laughs> says, there's no respect beside my name in England. We're putting respect beside Ashley Young's Ashley Young's name. We would just, uh, for the sake of Aston Villa Football Club, I think um, a younger, sprightlier uh, and more dedicated, not de- dedicated is the wrong word, a more specialist left back uh, waiting in the wings after Luca Dean or if Luca Dean goes down is something I would prefer myself, um, which is interesting. Um he scored a cracking header run and Ward says, kick him in while he's down. He was <laughs> for that header, that header against um against Wolves, wasn't it? Uh yeah, that's one that I'd forgotten about running. You had to remind me. You had to remind <laughs> me. Um so I think I think the, the retooling of the defense has started. Obviously, we've got Diego Carlos. So I think it's gonna be the end. I think we'll see one person come in. We didn't mention Kane Kessler Hayden for a specific reason. We know he will be in and around the stable next season. This is more looking at a review of last season. We will throughout the course of the offseason be talking about what we have for next mm-hmm. season. But at the moment, we didn't mention Kane Kessler Hayden because uh, he obviously was at Lord last season, and um, and he's somebody that I'm sure Stephen Gerrard is going to be thrilled to see what he can do in, in the off season, specifically when he comes back uh, to yeah. join. And, do, and don't forget, he took him back in for a couple of weeks to have a look at him. Did yeah in in the in the transfer window, and we've also got Freddie Gilbert, who's who's out on loan, which I I don't envisage we're going to see again next year. But there's there's options there. At back up right back if he feels he's gonna he has to send Kessler Hayden out for another year, so be it. But he is the future, and we'll talk about that again. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I com- I actually completely forgot about Freddie Gilbert. Completely forgot all about him. Forgot he existed. Um, there's somebody whose stock has gone up since he went to League Uh and I'm sure that uh, if they did want to recoup a handy five to seven million somewhere along the line for him, I think that uh, I think that that would be feasible. Um, considering yeah. he was he was knocking on the door for team of the season, I think in in league uh, at one stage because he was flying for Strasbourg. It was he did a lot of man of the match awards. Um, I, I saw him a couple of times. Looked very very solid. Um, a little bit rash in attack as we expect from him from what we've seen. But uh, yeah, I, I'd imagine we've probably seen the end of him. Did he go out and loan before the season started? Or was he on the bench for a couple of games at the start of the season? I can't remember. I did he didn't he play against Barrow? Or am I wrong? I think he might have, yeah. I think he did. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember whether he did or whether he didn't. Yeah. That's yeah. I asked the question. I'm fairly sure he played against Barrow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think I don't I think, think he scored he a goal won. against Barrow, did he? <laughs> Yeah, but if I can't remember whether he actually started the season with Aston Villa, I'm certainly not going to remember if he scored a goal for Barrow. 
But uh, <laughs> I always liked I liked Gilbert. I always loved the way that he was uh, he was a strong tackler. You know, he was one of the few people who would leave a bit on you when Villa were first came up to the Premier League, and, and I liked that about him. Um, sometimes he was positionally completely out, completely. AWOL, but like you show me one of our fullbacks this season that hasn't been positioned here while at times as well. And I think that goes with the territory of being a fullback in such a fast league like the Premier League. If you are going to go forward, you know, there are going to be times where you're going to be look like you're caught in your heels when, when you are to go back. And that's yeah. just an extra evil, I think, in the Premier League if you're going to play over attacking fullbacks. So I wouldn't kill him for that either. Um, but uh, he, he yeah, he did score a barrow. I've checked it. Is he? Did he? He did. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, and yeah, as I say, he could be somebody that the club may look to recoup some money for um, because we do have a lot of players out that could, like we could have a lot of these trickles of five, six, seven million in for players like Algazi, Trezeguet. We mightn't think that they're worth very much to us at the moment. And a lot of, lot of, a lot of people might think, oh, I don't know, we'd do well to get money for any of these guys. But there's always clubs out there that are willing to buy um, previous production like uh, Trezeguet has massive um, there's, uh, there's massive still massive good feeling towards Trezeguet in places like Turkey and so on he went out there on, on, on loan same with Anmar Gazi, same with, same with Freddie Gilbert so never underestimate the power of um, the power of, of of one of I don't want to call them a fringe league or whatever but maybe a league that isn't in the top five within Europe and if there is spending power in there uh, you always tend to see that ex-Premier League players are well-respected over there, maybe make moves there for, for money that we, we may not have expected. Um, but I don't think either of those three players will be with the team next season. Trezeguet, Anwar Al-Ghazi and, yeah. and, and Freddie Wilbert. But that's the mo- a lot of those are talking points for, other day, for for tomorrow and the day after when we do get into the to the midfielders and more attacking players. Absolutely. Um, guys, it's, it's half past ten. Um on a school night. So I don't really have much more to say about the defence, Paddy. Is there anything else that you just wanted to go through? Are we going to replace Emmy Martinez next season? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. Absolutely. No, oh, no, I, I, we may as well sorry. go past talking about goalkeepers other than what we do for the, for the, the reserve goalkeeper. Absolutely. Uh, be that Robin Olsen or whoever they decide to sign. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. Uh, Keenan Davis, that's who I wanted to talk about, Paddy, just because it was something in the news and it looks mm-hmm. like Villa have slapped a... What well, I'll do my reporting. Aston Villa have slapped... Ah, oh, damn, I can't speak today. Aston Villa have slapped a £15 million transfer tag on Nottingham Forest loaning Keenan Davis. It is thought that Steve Cooper is interested in the Aston Villa big man, but whether he will pay that £15 million is yet to be known. Back to you in the studio, Paddy. Do you think he's going to pay it? Do you think that's a mad fee? I think if we're getting fifteen million for Keenan Davis, I think I, I think he's played well at Anand Forest. And if we were to bring him back, and and, and much and all as we were Keenan Davis fans, I think you'd have to let him go and and and, and play at a club that seemed to get the best out of him and 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 take the fifteen million. I think. There was times this season where we we could have done with him, as in we needed a big striker there that yeah. we didn't have, yeah. um, you know, to, to go and chase a game, which didn't happen. But he goes with my best wishes. He's he's had an outstanding season for, for, for Knott's Forest. And if they're willing to pay 15 million, I think that's 15 million profit too. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's good business from us. Um, if he fits into their system more than he fits into ours, I think, yes, absolutely taking money. 
I wonder is there a massive sign on cost for Biggleswade Town? I wonder do they have a massive uh, <laughs> and you never know seventy percent. I don't know. We could be hamstrung by that too. I wouldn't that's think yet. so. <laughs> Remember, we did. We signed him from Biggleswade Town. Yeah, uh, would have to go down. I suppose is one of our better signings from non-league. Um, in la probably in the Premier League era, mm -hmm. I would nearly go so far as to say, I, I can't think of many others that would have had as many many caps, as many um, he, appearances. If he if he does go, he can't he can't say he didn't get his chance. I, I think I read the other day he'd seventy odd appearances in the first yeah. team, Raston Villa. That's incredible. So you know, uh, Mister Chukmueka, there there is a, a way forward there if you if you uh, get your head down and take your chance. He he had he had ample chances, just couldn't buy a goal, unfortunately. But uh, never let us down with his work rate for sure. Paddy, if you can guess his exact amount of appearances and exact amount of goals, including cup, I will buy everybody in the comments a new Aston Villa Castoria jersey, home away third, and both goalkeepers jerseys. Everybody 70, in the comments, I'll buy him. Seventy-eight appearances and eight goals. Oh Jesus, you were close. <laughs> eighty-seven and seven. So you, <laughs> eighty-seven games and seven goals as per Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> so um not the most prolific, but obviously, you know, dealt with a lot of injuries and, and that championship season he played under Steve Bruce where he kind of shot to prominence. And he played a ton of games in a row, and we had no strikers. We were struggling mm -hmm. for strikers. I think Indiana Vasilev and Everton played up top at times that season. Um, you know, he went out and he played alone for He played 30 games that season and scored three yeah. goals. And I think of those three goals, I don't know, did he get two goals against Barnsley that season? Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, three goals uh, and 30 appearances in one season. So if he does go, goes with my blessing for sure. Plowed alone for all was at a difficult time where we weren't very creative and sometimes had to come in and learn on the job, you know. Sometimes had to come in and learn the job. And and for a guy who came from Biggleswade Town, you know, he that's 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 pretty uh, a pretty good uh, turnaround for him. Um, right, guys, that's going to do it. Going to leave it at that. Um, we will be back again tomorrow with midfield review and anything else that breaks between now and then. We will discuss that. I will have a guest tomorrow. Um, because uh, Master Patrick here beside me is uh, away for the evening, uh, living his jet star, rock star lifestyle. Um, so I will uh, have a guest with me tomorrow to talk about the uh, midfield region. And uh, I hope you guys will all join us again because it's been mighty fun tonight. Um, as always, hit the thumbs up button. If you're not subscribed, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the audio podcast as well. I really, really appreciate it. And we're coming close to 3,000 subscribers. It's like we're not going to be rivaling PewDiePie or any of those big massive YouTubers anytime soon, but it would be nice to break the three the three k um hump. Um, if you know of anybody that you think might be interested in the podcast, please spread our name out there. It would be really really nice to to have more people commenting. I see there's some great crack going on in the, in the comments here as well, and uh, that's really heartwarming to see that that you guys come in here and have a chat with yourselves as well as listen to us um <laughs> talk nonsense from time to time, but. Um, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.